0: Welcome to the Adams Road Podcast, an outreach to the Christian music ministry Adams Road. Every week we examine a chapter in the Bible and share music filled with God's Word. You can find our weekly content by searching Adams Road Podcast on your podcast app. Let's start today by listening through Hebrews chapter 1. God, having in the past spoken to the Fathers through the Prophets at many times and in various ways, has at the end of these days spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed heir of all things, through whom also He made the worlds. His Son is the radiance of His glory, the very image of His substance, and upholding all things by the word of His power. When He had by Himself purified us of our sins, sat down on the right hand of the Majesty on high, Having become so much better than the angels, as he has inherited a more excellent name than they have, or to which of the angels did he say at any time, You are my son. Today I have become your father. And again, I will be to him a father, and he will be to me a son. When he again brings in the firstborn into the world, he says, Let all the angels of God worship him. Of the angels, he says, Who makes his angels wins, and his servants a flame of fire. But of the sun, he says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of a brightness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness above your fellows. And you, Lord, in the beginning, laid the foundation of the earth. The heavens are the works of your hands. They will perish, but you continue. They will all grow old, like a garment does. You will roll them up like a mantle, and they will be changed. But you are the same, your years will not fail. But which of the angels has he told at any time? Sit at my right hand, until I make your enemies the footstool of your feet. Aren't they all serving spirits? sent out to do service for the sake of those who will inherit salvation.
1: Yeah They me call
0: That was I Am from the Adams Road album, Son of Man. I'm super excited now to begin this study through the book of Hebrews. We finished Romans last week. Hebrews, I'll be honest, that's probably my favorite book of scripture. I know you're not supposed to have favorites per se because it's all God's word. But Hebrews was one of the books of scripture that really impacted me when I was seeking Jesus and coming into a personal and saving relationship with him. It was the power of God's word through this book that really changed me. You know, the story of the transfiguration where Jesus was transfigured on that mount, glorified, and God the Father said regarding Jesus, this is my beloved son, hear him. The entire book of Hebrews is kind of like that and that the book is essentially saying, this is Jesus. He's superior. He's all you need. He's the fulfillment of everything in the law of Moses. And it's pointing to him and it's saying, hear him. It appears the book of Hebrews was written to the Hebrews. Surprise, surprise. No doubt many of the Jewish converts to Jesus were being persecuted by their friends and their family. Tradition can be a powerful draw. There's just something familiar. For example, at Christmas time, certain traditions that we have in our culture that that are really fun and we become attached to them. There were likely many traditions in Judaism that were very appealing. And when people became believers in Jesus Christ, there was a draw, there was a temptation to go back to the old instead of facing the new and embracing the new covenant. So Hebrews is an exhortation for Christians and for those Jewish Christians in particular to hold fast to the hope of their confession, to not turn back to the old at the expense of rejecting everything that Jesus came to fulfill. Hebrews is unique in that we don't really know who wrote the book of Hebrews. There's been a lot of debate over the years. Some have said it's Paul. The writing style doesn't seem to quite match. Paul was known for identifying himself as an apostle. Some people think maybe Apollos wrote it. Apollos was a man very well-versed in the Old Testament, a powerful orator, one who could convince people that Jesus was the Messiah through the power of the Spirit. Some have said maybe it was Barnabas, Paul's missionary companion. Barnabas was said in scripture to be a man of an encouragement as well as a Levite. You know, who knows, ultimately what's most important is that the Holy Spirit wrote this and the focus is Jesus, the focus isn't the writer. So we don't really know for sure when Hebrews was written. Some people believe it was maybe somewhere between 67 and 69 AD. It seems to be very likely that it was before 70 AD when the temple was destroyed. And, and when you think of it in that regard, it's almost, it seems very prophetic when you read through certain parts of the book of Hebrews that this was written right before the temple was destroyed because the way they write it, it talks about gifts and sacrifices being offered. They cannot perfect the conscience of the worshiper. The old covenant system, the mosaic sacrifices were still going on, it appears when the writer wrote this, but he says these things are becoming old and vanishing away. And man, if if he wrote this sometime just before 70 AD, what a prophetic warning that was for people to not hold on to that old. It literally passed away like shortly thereafter in 70 AD. The Romans came and, and destroyed the temple. If you're an Old Testament enthusiast, Hebrews is the book for you. There's a total of 82 references to the Old Testament. The writer of the book of Hebrews quotes from the Septuagint. That was an ancient Greek translation of the Old Testament. Hebrews chapter one focuses on the fact that Jesus is superior to angels. We see in Hebrews one, one through three, Jesus exalted as God, as the creator of all things, as the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature, the one who upholds the universe by the word of his power just like Colossians talks about Jesus being the firstborn of all creation, talking about position, preeminence. Verse one, long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. And you look at all the literature of the Old Testament, you have the Psalms, the Proverbs, all kinds of ways in which God spoke to the people through the prophets, sometimes through parables, historical prophetic confrontation, And God spoke in various ways to each of the prophets. Moses in a burning bush, Isaiah in a heavenly vision, Hosea by his family crisis, Elijah was a still small voice. He compares long ago, God spoken this way, but in these last days. So the writer of Hebrews is referring to that time, whether it was 67 AD, somewhere around that time, as these last days the age of the Messiah or the age of this covenant of grace. We're still in that age and Jesus is coming back. There's a comparison it seems in verse two of the prophets speaking to the people versus Jesus himself speaking to the people. Jesus is identified as the heir of all things, the creator of all things, and the exact imprint of the nature of God, the radiance of his glory. So the character and the nature of God is completely expressed in in the person of Jesus Christ. I'm amazed when I read about the description of Jesus in verse 3 regarding the fact that he upholds the universe by the word of his power. He's actively sustaining all things. I'm not much of a scientist, but it's incredible. Like that the universe just doesn't explode or fall apart. What, what's keeping everything together in this perfect balance and the planets aligned and so on and so forth. Jesus is actively upholding the universe by the word of his power. Every breath is a gift from God. This is the day that the Lord has made and we should rejoice in it. There's so much grace bestowed upon us every day in the fact that God even allows us to exist. There's the mention that Jesus made purification for sins, and after having done so, he sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. That idea is gonna be flushed out later on in the book of Hebrews. But this idea that there's this external purification that needs to take place, the Pharisees thought that they themselves had the power to cleanse themselves through their obedience to the Mosaic system. But here we have this idea being introduced that This outside figure would come in, Jesus, and he would make purification for sins. And then he would sit down at the right hand of the majesty on high. This idea of sitting down means, it indicates that the work is finished. We'll get into that later on in the book of Hebrews. All right, so the rest of this chapter is going to focus on the idea that Jesus is better than angels. First of all, why did the author find it important to compare and contrast Jesus with the angels? Well, it was believed commonly among the Jews at that time. And this is also hinted in scripture that the law was given through intermediaries. It was given through angels. In other words, the old covenant came by the hands of angels to Moses. But the new covenant is going to come from Jesus himself. This better covenant, the new covenant, is being brought by an even better and greater being. There seemed to be a tendency to worship angels as well. We see warnings against worshiping angels in Colossians 2.18 and in Galatians 1.8. There were some back then in religions today that believed that Jesus was simply an angel, but Jesus is so much greater than the angels. In Hebrews chapter one, we have so many references already to the Old Testament. Jesus is superior to the angels because he is the son of God, as shown in Psalm 2.7, as well as 2 Samuel 7.14. For to which of the angels did he ever say, you are my son, today I have begotten you. And again, I will be to him a father and he shall be to me a son. So Jesus is fully God and fully man and Hebrews clearly teaches both ends of the spectrum. Jesus as God and Jesus in his humanity. Jesus is greater than the angels because the angels worship him. The angels are servants. We see the angels worshiping Jesus, for example, in Revelation chapter 5. For example, starting in Revelation 5.11, it says, Then I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders, the voice of many angels, numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. In Hebrews 1 verses eight through 12, we see the father calling Jesus himself God and Lord or Yahweh. And the author of Hebrews quotes from the Septuagint psalm 45 6-7 and psalm 102 25-27 but to the son he says your throne o god is forever and ever a scepter of righteousness for example it says in this section therefore god your god has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions we see an interaction here between the persons of the trinity the father and the son and also a reference to the holy spirit in that jesus was anointed So in this section, verses eight through 12, what are some of the attributes here that describe God alone, which Jesus has? We see a creator, we see a self-existent being, we see a sovereign ruler, and we see an immutable God, unchanging. For example, you, Lord, in the beginning laid the foundation of the earth. Jesus as our creator, they will perish, but you will remain. Jesus is being self-existent. He is not upheld by an external source. He himself is the source of all life. You will, like a cloak, you will fold them up and they will be changed. That's how easy it is for Jesus to make old things new. He can roll them up like a scroll. And finally, you are the same. Your years will not fail. One of the important characteristics of God himself, Jesus Christ, obviously who is God, is that he's immutable, meaning that he's unchangeable. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The writer contrasts Jesus and the angels in the sense that Jesus has completed a work while the angels continue to work and minister. But to which of the angels has he ever said, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? You'll never see in scripture anywhere where an angel is sitting at the right hand of God. That honor is set aside for the son. So there you have it, Hebrews chapter 1. God's given us a greater revelation through Jesus himself, his son, who is the creator of all things, the radiance of the glory of God, and the exact imprint of his nature. Jesus is greater than the angels in so many different ways.
2: He who doesn't enter, the sheepfold by the door. But tries to climb in by another way He is a thief and a robber Cause as I've said before Only through me you'll be saved and You may be wondering How can we know the way This is a It's and the
0: was Way, Truth, and Life from the Adams Road album, Tongues of Fire. That was The Light from the Adams Road Piano DVD, Hands for War. This is the Adams Road Podcast, an outreach to the Christian music ministry Adams Road. You can learn more about us at AdamsRoadMinistry.com. Again, that's AdamsRoadMinistry.com. We release a new podcast episode every Saturday. Feel free to join us next week as we examine Hebrews chapter 2 grace and peace be with you all.